So I told you about how I told my kids about how sex works, right? I believe so, yeah. I yeah. This was a, you they were like the in talk? the bathtub. Yeah, we had the talk, yeah. You can hold the mic a little closer to your mouth. Just don't, you're not trying to give a man just don't some like, pleasure. Oh, just, yeah, okay, it's just, uh, use your, use your uh, adult speaking voice. You know, you're good. In, in your adult well, cocksucking mouth. I, I don't have an adult speaking voice. What you are you have, talking you about? Have an adult I'm still going through no? puberty. Are you? <laughs> Aren't you, like, aren't you like 51 years old or something? <laughs> I, I am probably the oldest person here, but that's okay. Yeah. Jesus. Anyway, so um, so my my kids eventually had like follow-on questions uh, about it. And I reiterated, it was like, no, so yes, the, the man puts his pee-pee in the woman's pee-pee. You know, that's how it works. And so Benjamin is like, so you don't have a pee-pee anymore? He thought that's how it like it just comes off in there and then it just like grows into a child. So oh, like 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 bees, right? Like yeah, yeah, it's like a stinger. You only get one. Yeah. So I, I think my son either thinks that I don't have a dick anymore, or that it just like regenerates like a lizard's arm or some shit. I mean, either way, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't want to tell him the truth. I I figured you know what? I gave you enough truth. You go to school and you spread that shit around, and uh, we don't have to have the sex talk for another like eighteen years. That'll be good. Live from the black heart of St. Paul, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to. But we both know I can't do nothing at all. That's Round Ball Rock by John Tesh. Is that what that is? It's the old 90s NBA music. Yeah, John Tesh John Tesh of Entertainment Tonight fame. He wrote that. Entertainment Tonight. My mind. Did he actually write it? I swear to God. It's like for like synthesizer horns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I swear to God. He wrote that shit. And it's like, I think it's called like Round Ball Rock or Round Ball Jam or something. Yeah, like those. Yeah, that's, that's the exactly it. appropriate name for yeah. that shit. So yeah, I never thought of it as something someone wrote. It always feels like something that just kind of congealed. I never thought that some guy, itself. some guy sitting down like a fucking piece of paper writing notes. He's like, nah, this sucks. Oh, Crumples it up and throws it away. He tries on a another piano, one. Like. Oh, that part's good. Yeah. yeah, that first fluttery shit I was playing was sucked, but that that heavy one. Can we get a saxophone in here? <laughs> Anyway, that's uh, not what we. Yeah. That's not what we came here. No, so why, why get a real saxophone player when you can have a shitty synth sax? Yeah, synth sax. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Never thought about that. It's good. I mean, think <laughs> '80s. You just got yeah, yeah. '80s I aesthetic. Aesthetic. I know the '80s. Yeah. 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 What's up, MJ? Welcome. Yeah. I mean, Welcome. yeah. Thanks for inviting <laughs> <Yeah>. us. <laughs> Dip so, shit. Yeah. So we have uh, we have MJ on the podcast uh, this week. We are recording. Very recently, after the uh, thirteen to nothing drubbing of Thailand that the U.S. Women's they got National drubbed. Team just did, um, ten goals in the span of about thirty minutes in the second half, it was wow. pretty fucking bonkers. So, um, so yeah, so we're recording a little bit earlier this week, uh, yep. but that's because we did not record last week. Martin was, we both Martin and I were had uh, family issues, or family not issues. Family, Jesus Christ! Yeah, our families are dying. No, we said family stuff, and then the intern did a really terrible job of uh, scheduling. 
coordinating schedules he's not, he's and shit not, like that. He's not good. Yeah. For, for the record, I was not asked to pinch hit, and I'm actually okay with that. You, yeah, no. You've been asked to pinch hit now. Okay. <laughs> and you are pinch hitting. This right is the now. big times. Okay. Yeah. Don't fuck up, man. This is not. This don't is not Rochester. Don't this fuck is, up. I just feel. Uh, I just am happy to be here, just like Thailand. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> Just like Thailand. Yeah. I, uh, someone's <laughs> got to represent the AFC in the, uh, amongst this, and that will be me. That's true. I would say that um, by by the end of this podcast, you, like Thailand, will no longer be happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, but to be fair, to be fair, I knew what I was getting into, that's, just yeah. just like Thailand. That's yeah. so. And for those that don't know what I look like, I'm adopted Korean, and I'll try not to you make like you're a, from a lot of derogatory. Asian or Thai, thai jokes. Um, I, I will do what I can to not make derogatory yeah. racist I would, comments. I'd be worried more about Martin than I would be worried about you. Oh, come on now. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, MJ is our uh, our Korean consultant. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, some of the AFCON, or not the AFCON teams, the uh, AFC, the AFC teams. Yeah, I, yeah. Always, I always forget AFCON and AFC, and I know AFCON is not the same thing. Well, so. I mean, so uh, for those that don't follow AFC football, you know, you have those that are perennial like strong teams like Japan and Australia and let's say classic Korea, Asian country Korea and China are up and coming a big shocker North Korea didn't qualify this year which allowed a team like Thailand to qualify Thailand is the weakest t- Asian team in the World Cup that's just so I was expecting the score to be you know 6 nothing, 8 nothing. Um, not, not 13 I was not expecting the Baker's Dozen you know yeah but, you know go US yeah yeah how did so South Korea played uh, France earlier in the first game, right? They played correct, um, and I, I watched. We watched. We got into Denver, so we watched about the second half of that game. I didn't watch the first half when they scored all the all the goals. But South Korea looked decent in the second half. Where like was it, where there's just like game states. France was just like took their foot off the gas, or is South Korea you know, decent? Um, here's where my bias gets me into trouble. I actually thought Korea played like horse crap. And, okay, and you thought. Korea played, of course. Yeah, I, granted, they were playing the hosts. But yeah, and I France expe- is good. Yeah, and they're good. I didn't expect them to score a lot of goals, but I did expect their team defense and tactics to be a little tighter. Like I was expecting a two-nil. It was, it was a capitulation, two, two, and it was it was four, it was four-nil. You know. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. But I was talking with my friend Brian tonight. Uh. Brian Westrick, who's a, a regular here, and uh, he said that In no. Korea, lo- Korea looked like they knew what they were doing, and France was just that much better. So, there's a lot of there's a lot of discrepancy in talent level with uh, oh, for sure. the, the women's game, and that's why some people have talked about why women have f- uh, fewer teams in her and stuff like that. And it's like, do you, do you really want the 32nd best, the 48th best women's team going up against the United States and seeing what happened today with the tournament format the way it is? You know, um, there, there's like five halves a handful of mediocre kind of haves and then a bunch of have-nots. That's just where the women's game is at uh, right. internationally, unfortunately. So, Although we just, I mean, did just see Italy uh, knock off Australia. Um, that was a surprise. Was a surprise. Uh, Australia so. has just kind of crept their way into the haves. And certainly Australia has probably the best women's player in the world right now in Sam Kerr, and they weren't able to get it done. So Best offensive <laughs> women's player in the world. Fair enough. Uh, I will say this. Uh, this is the Women's World Cup. Uh, that has the most parity at the top half. Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, um, a lot of gaps have closed. Right, right. In general, but and uh, so you look at where Australia is now compared to what they were four years ago. Um, Scotland, where they were compared to just yeah, one Scotland's, year. Scotland's a huge improvement. Yeah. One, one year ago, um, along with teams like the Netherlands, Spain, England, 
Um, they've all gotten better. Um, but you, that bottom half is still, there's still a lot of disparity. Yeah, totally. Cool. Um, That's enough talking about women. <laughs> Let's talk about us making money. Seller. All right. Uh, if you like the content here each week, if you think you'll learn a little bit <laughs> I think, more. I think I just softened the appeal of this About uh, Minnesota United soccer generally, uh, U.S. women's soccer. Uh, we want to continue. Uh, enjoy the high-quality content and audio that we try to deliver each and every week on our podcast. Uh, consider supporting our Patreon, um, patreon.com backslash the Daves I know. Uh, help support the Daves that you know. We just, uh, we just put out uh, or we just recorded a couple weeks ago our fourth uh, Watch Party podcast. We're going to get... The third and fourth ones uh, edited real soon, yeah. like real soon, and then we're gonna get those out to the Patreons, so you guys can listen to those uh, super awesome, the Damned United and well, the Holy Goalie was the last Holy one Goalie, we, yeah. we, we watched. So, yeah, so that's gonna be coming up. Uh, Patreon.com backslash or Patreon.com backslash the Daves I know. Yeah, to help support the Daves that support you know. us, man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, so this is gonna be tough because um, we're gonna turn our eyes toward Minnesota United as we always do, uh, and we are gonna talk about the Colorado Rapids now. I'm going to start by reminding you of the last time we played the Colorado Rapids. It was a home game at TCF. Colorado was terrible, as they were wont to be last year and this year. Um, we lost two to nothing, and the game ended in a big fucking brawl, which saw Adrian Heath's son. Harrison Heath getting the most action he got in any context ever, which was to say brawling on the sidelines. So good for him. Um, so there's. Have you seen his frosty tips though? I'm, he's getting a lot of action from his wife. Those frosty tips. Kaylin Kyle. Whew. Yeah. She's got my tips frosted. I don't even know what that means. Um, so, anyways, so th- if I remember right, didn't Miguel also get into some pushing and shoving? Miguel was heavily involved in that yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So here's. Uh, Basically, it's weird because um, Colorado and Minnesota have, like, a super trade history. Like, in our brief MLS experience, our trades have been, like, almost exclusively with Colorado, which is kind of weird, and we've built for a lot of talent there. That, combined with the fact that I think we're both frustrated teams and fan bases over that same span, plus that kind of brawl last year, there's a weird kind of vibe there. There's a kind of rivalry. It's not I, – I, I'm forgetting to mention the come-from-behind – win that Colorado scored against us last year as well, where we just shoved defeat into the jaws of victory um, with two stoppage time goals, I think. So there's a weird kind of bad blood that is not not fueled by greatness, but fueled by utter capitulation, I think. I kind of hate Colorado. Stunning mediocrity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I I kind of am that much more upset, and this game has only reinforced that. Yeah. I don't know what to say about it. Um, I was there. It was a shitty fucking game. Yeah, what was uh, what was the experience like in the stadium there? Um, I mean, in terms of so, the Colorado. Um, the best. I was to say the best moment of the game was just right now when I ate one of the uh, gummies that I brought back from Colorado. <laughs> you ate? I'm, did that? A marijuana uh, gummy. Yes. That thing that you just ate had yes, marijuana. Was marijuana? Yes. You just fucking did criminal activity <laughs> did, in front did, of me. I did drugs. Yes, in front of you, right now. So. Whoa. End of the podcast, guys. Thanks. It was, okay. it's a good run. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Anyways, um, no, no. So the uh, so Thanks the ab- for sharing the, the atmosphere. Uh, so the the Centennial uh, Thirty Eight group. They have a, an amazing. If you ever if you ever get a chance to go to a, an away match, Colorado is one of the ones to go to because the Centennial Thirty Eight. They put on an amazing tailgate. They have tons of food, tons of beer, um, and they're just super friendly people. Um, and you know we always get you know anywhere from thirty to fifty people out to Colorado. There's a lot of Obviously, a lot of expats um, in Minnesota, from Minnesota who are living in Colorado and yeah. vice versa. And 
So there's like really good mix of people. It's a very, uh, you know, con- you know, genial um, atmosphere and all that, and it's great. And that is, you know, obviously for the last couple of times, the best moment of the game is because it's like that tailgate. Like, even a tailgate, you're high, you're uh, you're feeling really good, and then you go into the game, and then Minnesota shits the bed. I couldn't believe that tailgate. Two years ago, I went there, yeah. and I think I had to pay five or six dollars. It was seven bucks, or maybe it was seven bucks this year. Maybe it was okay. five bucks last year. Two no, years two, ago. two years ago, yeah. it might have been six bucks. But basically, uh, with their volunteers, um, they had that six dollars got me all the food I could eat. Yep. Which, for those of you who don't haven't seen my my midsection recently, that's a, <laughs> that's a lot of food. And you can eat, you can eat a lot of food. And they have they have right like they had a, a, a taco area and and um, they always had a line there that's supposed to represent the food or cuisine of the opponents. So they, for when I, when I was there, they decided to, they, said they did not know what to do with Minnesota, so they did a baked potato bar. Yeah. Oh fuck you. This year they did. This year was not that. They but they had euros. They had gyros? Yeah, gyros, hot dogs, uh, and then and then a pizza a pizza station where like, yeah, yeah. they, they were doing pizzas like literally like. In front of the stadium, just like, like cool. making pizzas, it's it yeah, is it's from a, scratch. Yeah. It's a you know for and then there's um, because that stadium is the middle of bumfuck nowhere in Colorado. Uh, shout out Commerce City. Um, there's they actually run buses from yes. from downtown Denver, so you can you can fly into into uh, into Denver, stay in downtown Denver. There's buses that go every, and Minnesota for the we you know we always have about thirty like I said thirty to fifty people. They basically like just assign a bus to us, you know, and then you pay the eleven bucks or whatever. Kind of like the old uh, Deflune Express Nomad bus, where you you get out there, you get a beer, you get a you know round trip ticket and a beer out out to the game, um, for like eleven dollars. It's, it's great. It's and it, like I said, I, I always I, I think Denver is one of the uh, highlights of uh, my traveling experience so far. And I've you know I haven't been to a ton of places, but it's in terms of like tailgate friendliness, uh, cool people, weeds legal. I, you can't really top Denver. C thirty eight, the supporters group yeah. really knows how to host. A, they do, uh, they absolutely. Do. Yeah, yeah. I've never understood why people, why like you particularly, and people in general, are excited to go out to Colorado for weed. You smoke weed every fucking day. I don't smoke <laughs> weed every day. Like what What is the difference? You're just doing it in a slightly different place. Yeah, but I can. It's a lot harder to get the the stuff I I really like. Uh, I the, I enjoy here. The fucking Jolly Ranchers. Or yeah. So, anyways, and it's and it's like it's you guys really cheap out there. You guys have a best moment from the game? No, no, I have nothing. It was pretty bad. Yeah, it was a terrible game. Did Horrible. you have a best moment from the game? Horrible. I can't think of a good moment right now. You came unprepared because you didn't you, you didn't know you're gonna be you a podcast. You didn't read the outline, MJ. That I yeah, we have like 19 pages of notes, you fucker. <laughs> well, thanks for letting me know, guys. Yeah, well, you know, uh, how about a worst moment of the game? Uh, anybody have a worst moment? of the oh, game? Oh man, um, I don't know. Where do we start? I'm just gonna say I'm gonna put this uh, this stat out there into the world that uh, I was I got from uh, West Berdine. They didn't record a regular 55-1 podcast this week, um, but he so he gave me this uh, this awesome stat. Um, so this is back to set pieces, we, of course, which is where we allowed our goal. Minnesota has allowed 60 plus goals from set pieces in their MLS history. They've conceded 160 plus goals in MLS. Ergo, 40 percent of the goals that they've allowed have come from set pieces. Yeah, that's holy that's sad and actual shocking, fuck. Forty yeah. percent of your goals have come from fucking set pieces. Yeah, how is that even possible? Yeah. Uh, how is that even possible? Bad coaching. 
Well, you know, in, in, like, like I'm not somebody who just like automatically assumes that a negative thing is because of the coach, but set pieces are a very specifically tactical thing. It's the kind of situation that you can prepare for, whereas the openness of a game is harder to yeah. prepare for very individual situations. Set pieces are much more able to be prepared for. Yeah. Uh, you can come up with both offensively and defensively. You can decide on positioning. You can decide on tricks and shit like that that you want to do when you're uh, on offense. That is down to coaching, and it's really sad that it's not ever been any better. So. I mean, yeah, so that was my first moment of the game, was just like they set up for that set piece. I was in the 28th or 20th minute. And he, I mean, you just feel like Kai Kamara was going to get onto that. Like, Kai Kamara hasn't scored since, like, April, and you're like, okay, of course he's going to score against us to, like, yeah, yeah. break his uh, scoreless streak. And just, I had a really bad feeling about that game. Kai Kamara had a very good game. Yeah, as soon as I stepped You made the, him look really good. As soon as I stepped yeah, in the stadium, yeah. I just had a really bad feeling about, about that game. So. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, I mean, generally set that that set piece was my most moment of the game, but I really want to throw that uh, that stat out there about how fucking terrible. And that uh, I think Dave Ladig uh, gave Wes that those stats. So I want to shout out uh, Dave Ladig too. If you ever need soccer stats, that guy is the guy <laughs> to reach guy, out yeah. to. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna the throw, out, throw out another worst moment. Um, I'm gonna call it a set piece right toward the end of the game where Darwin uh, took the set piece middle of the field. Kicked this little dribbler that clearly was not oh. um, something that Angelo was expecting. He was expecting something else. And Angelo tore his asshole apart verbally out there on the field. Just yelled at him like, what the fuck was that about? So um, I think that it's clear they have not been on the same page pretty much the whole season. I think uh, there's also something like mounting tension uh, there in that relationship. Now, I don't think that, honestly, it's entirely either of their faults. I think both of them are not being utilized in the ways that are um, best to utilize them. And I've mentioned that. on. I'm not going to reiterate it. We've said it on this podcast before. Um, so I think that there's, other stuff, out. there's other stuff going on there. Um, but uh, that moment was just the, the perfect culmination of the bullshit that's uh, that's fizzled and fizzed and grown to the surface now. Yeah. yeah. Bad chemistry. Yeah. Bad chemistry. That's not that didn't work. Not, that's not didn't fun. didn't work. Okay. What about did you have a did you have a worse moment, MJ? No, no, no. Uh I, I have almost wiped my soccer brain clean of that oh, good, whole existence. Like because it was so horrible. That is helpful. I mostly yeah. did too that was mostly weed though. Yeah. So you got a most what the fuck moment? I'm just craziest gonna say, moment. I'm just gonna say like when I was out of the tailgate and I looked at my phone and saw the starting the starting eleven and Boxel <laughs> starting at right back. Yeah, I was like, yeah. what the actual fuck is going on? Well, um, I mean, if we have Gasper, I mean, clearly Gasper came on and was healthy. Um, Miller uh, is healthy. Why in the fuck is is not one of those guys starting there over Michael fucking Boxel? I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Michael Boxel. I like Michael Boxel when he's playing as a in a you know a center back position in you know a three five two or you know, subbing for somebody, but start as a starting right back. Where the fuck did that actually happen? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. You know, so so like even if you have the idea that you say this is a so as a co from a coaching standpoint, we're short key players uh, like our starting right back, and there's no better game for whatever reason to experiment a little bit because we've got some key outages and maybe they didn't expect a lot of this game which again you're playing Colorado I don't think you should capitulate like that but maybe that's the thought process what better game to experiment with positioning there's no better experiment than to play somebody who naturally play right back at the right back spot that's the time to do that so even if you had that line of reasoning that pushed Michael Boxall out there and if you defended that as an idea 
it's equally defensible to put Chase Gasper in there. So I don't, I don't quite, I just don't track. I don't get it. Yeah. I, w- I will say this going back to a, a bright spot um, on the roster thing. I thought Olam did well uh, in for the uh, um, uh, Gregush spot. Yeah, Liebenlehrer was Olam great. Olam was pretty good, yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Nothing to complain so, about. Yep, he's, he played more defensively, I think, than Jan would typically play. Yes. Um, but he was good in that, too. He was, he was disruptive where he needed to be. And, and by the way, it, it was an ugly game, but we Horrible. gave up one goal. It's not like the defense absolutely fecalized the bed. Of course, we gave it up on a set piece, and we gave it up to somebody who's cold as hell. But it's not like, we, from a scoreline standpoint, like we completely shit the bed. We Olam should had a score game. more than zero goals. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Offensively, we had no, we didn't have any answers, and we didn't have any questions. Yeah. But uh, the other side of the field wasn't miserable. Anyways, um, I'm gonna go with a uh, um, with a most what the fuck moment. I'm gonna go ahead and just throw out Ico Para dribbling like the length of the field with the ball. There, he's like, "Fuck it, we gotta push high." I'm gonna do that. He took it all the way to the box, and it was clear that he had no idea what to do with the ball when he yeah. got there. That dude has cinder blocks for feet when it comes to dribbling, and he's a great defender. He's a cool as hell guy. And anytime that he, he, I'll babysit his kids. I don't give a fuck. I love that guy. But clearly, once he got into the box, he's like, there's nobody to pass it to. He's like, I have no idea what to do with this ball right now. It, it, it's kind of always like, remember, like, Joel Matip, like, dribbling through, like, defenders? And you're just like, why are you doing it? Well, he can't, no, you're, you pass it. No, you're, yeah, yeah, okay. you want no, to no, be no, keep going, keep yeah, going, yeah. keep going. And then you're like, then he gets to the top of the box. You're like, oh, of course, that's exactly it's, that's what's gonna happen. The feeling so. is kind of like if you're watching football, American football, and like there's a fumble and a big fat fucking lineman picks it up and starts <laughs> running with it. You just have this feeling like anything could happen. What's gonna happen? Look at him. He's going. He's trying. People are catching up to him easy. It doesn't matter. It's just a it's just a moment of of childish excitement about it. You just add it. and and of course he got dispossessed and nothing came of it because of course that's what happened. But yeah, it was a fun little moment. Yeah, Did you have a most what the fuck moment there, MJ? I I cannot think of any. The they don't call him the best color man in the business for nothing, folks. Great, so, co- great so commentary. I would say I would say the best what the folk <laughs> fuck moment for me was is actually Kai Kamara having a good game. So that's fair. I love Kai Kamara. He's a good player. I yeah. love Kai Kamara. But it's my boy. Yeah. But yeah, he's not he's not been hot lately. Yeah. I I, I just expected Ozzy and and our center backs to shut him down more. Just one moment. Yeah. That's all it took. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he he had. Several good play, you know, passes or threats. He found space, you know. Yeah. I think. I think um, while we should not entirely give up on the idea of a of a, a five three two or a three five two, depending on how you want to call the wingbacks, um, I think this was the wrong arrangement to try and make that happen. We did not have the players to execute. I would say a, a three five two here. And let's call it a five three two because we spent the whole fucking game on the back foot, so it was a five three two. I don't think we had the right players in the right places to do that. We didn't. We had 55% possession. We didn't. We, we yeah, no. Oh, that's Colorado's thing. That's their style. Yeah. And plus uh, game states also, you know. Fuck you and your fucking game states. Game sta- yeah, I always come out here with this bullshit analysis. Yeah. Hey, who's your um, who's your next Freddie A. Du award winner for the player of the game? I mean, yeah. I don't want to give it to anybody because <laughs> this game fucking sucked ass. It sucked. But I'm going to say Chase Gasper. He made his MLS debut. Uh, Good for him. Kid looked scrappy. He went into some, like, decent hard he's tackles. Physical. Yeah, he came out. He made, he made, like, a he made a gut wrencher, like, five seconds after he came out. Yeah, so. Yellow card. Fucking yeah. Steven Gerrard yeah, his grab, ass grab, out there. Like. Yeah, get, get, that, get that yellow card out of the way, you know. Um, 
just be just be uh, you know fuck shit up kind of guy. And I mean, there, there, there's literally nobody else I can give this to. Like, I, I, everybody I, I, else I'll give it to Lawrence Holman. Balls. I'll give it to Lawrence Holman. Oh, I, right, I don't, right. I, not not that not that I get, uh, to use overuse the English phrase. He didn't cover himself with glory, but um, I, I thought he put in a solid shift, especially for legs that haven't seen game time in forever. He's a, he's a Minnesota ties. He's not a Minnesota dude, but he has Minnesota ties. And yeah, we like, we I'll like give Le- it to him. We, we like Leap and Larry. Leap and Larry. <laughs> well, since you took Olam, yeah. who I You can fucking give him the award also. No, no, no. I'll, I'll switch it. I'll, 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 I'll give it to Ozzy because Ozzy was just Ozzy. So. Does Ozzy stuff. Yeah. I, I, I. Boo doo. Boo doo. Boo. Who is your next Freddie A. Do award winner for the shittiest player of the game? MJ, why don't you start with this one? Since you, well, we don't want to take yours. Yeah, we don't want to take your great ideas. Oh, well, no. I mean... Shittiest player. Honestly, if you want to go with level of expectation and... Divergence from that? Yeah. Um, and you might want to throw in salary along there with it. I, uh, you know, um, I thought I thought Darwin Quintero uh, did had a horrible game. Son of a bitch. He took mine. <laughs> Dar... Yeah, Darwin did not have a great game. Um, he had no again. I think he's being asked to do something that's not his thing. But um, that there's only so much of a degree that's an excuse. He had a shitty ass game. I mean, yeah. we already talked about the the lack of chemistry or communication between him and Rodriguez. But you see this not just Rod- with Rodriguez, but with other people where maybe he sees the field differently. He sees a space that he can run to or pass to. And then he, so he's passing the ball to space and expecting someone to run onto that space. Mm. It's not always Rodriguez. Right, right. Um, it could be you know someone like a Shula or a or a Miguel Ibarra. Mm-hmm. But like, there's kind of a lack, a disconnect, or a lack of knowing what to expect. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a, a couple games ago he went from ball hogging all the time to passing the ball more, mm-hmm. and I really really like that. It looked like he was finding his marks and like passing and like getting rid of the ball and then running someplace where he could get open again. Um, and this, it, it was like he was not mobile. Yeah, I don't like him passing. I don't think that's a strength. I want him running onto balls and I want him taking guys on one on one. But I've said that a billion times on this podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to say it again. I'm going to go ahead and give uh, um, not because I think he was that much worse than the other folks that we've been talking about, but because I don't feel like double dipping. I'm going to give it to Miguel Ibarra. He was a ghost at best. The, the play built up the right side. Miguel was not playing heavy on the right side. Uh, I don't think Miguel had a good game at all. Didn't Fair do enough. shit. Yeah. <clears throat> um, <laughs> what a game. Can yeah. we just wipe that now? We've talked no, no, no. about I, it. Listen, i got to give my friend you do shittiest player of the game. <laughs> oh, you did. I'm sorry. Because yeah. you echoed the, the Darwin well, thing. Well, you know, I Darwin was my, was my, you know, was, was probably the one I was going to go to. But you know what? Okay. I'm going to bring back an oldie but a goodie. <laughs> Adrian Heath. <laughs> is it really an oldie if you play it every day? I haven't played this one in a long time. All right, let's man. hear it. Let's so hear it. What did he screw up? Let's just, uh, <laughs> man. What? What didn't he screw up? Yeah, what didn't he screw up? This is this guy is was was has been continued by especially by the national media as this striker savant, like this guy who gets the most out of strikers. What the fuck has he gotten out of our strikers in the last eighteen months? After you know, or twelve months since like sh- shutting Christian Ramirez, yeah. absolutely jack shit. We had thirty fucking crosses into the box, three were key passes. Three, three out of thirty. That's that's a that's a really that's like ten percent, right? Ten percent effective. Good math. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's I'm, I'm good at math. Uh, we had fifty five percent of possession, which again is what Colorado wants us to do. But 
we've been a team this year who so far who's like who's not wanted possession. So yeah. we clearly played into what Colorado wanted us to do. Yes, to, into their game plan. We had two shots the entire yeah. fucking game. Yep, two shots. We had twenty nine shots a week ago. With uh, yeah, about, about the same. And we were uh, playing Col- Colorado. We were pl- yes. Yeah, Can't, that goes without saying. I mean, so you know, I, I, it's. And this, I should also point out, guys. By the way, this is episode ninety nine. We have episode one hundred coming up soon. One hundred. One hundred. Yeah. No. Um. Anyways, so I mean, I don't know. I just, the, the, I don't know what. And this goes back to we were talking about with uh, Angelo and Darwin. Clearly, there's not connection. There's not chemistry. Yeah. Um. Clearly, Darwin was pissed off with the team in some capacity. I don't know if that is pissed off at specific individual players or yeah. pissed off at the technical staff because of the way he's being asked to play and mm-hmm. with the, the pieces that he has around him and you know nothing has changed in you know in terms of the technical staff the last yeah. three years we've gotten better players but yet we're still doing the same exact shit mm-hmm. every fucking week and I don't want to you know I mean I've been driving the Heath out train for a long time I don't want to like like you know, rev the or you know, pull the the choo choo to like get more people on board. But fucking a, man. Yeah. Fucking a. Running out, running out of boxes to check if you're trying to move forward here. Any last thoughts about Colorado, guys? Um, Denver is an amazing city. If you get a chance to go visit Denver, you should definitely go visit. They should Denver. build a soccer stadium there. They should build a, a yeah stadium in the actual Denver proper. <laughs> that would be great. Um, yeah, it's it. That's the problem. It's like it's it takes 25 minutes to get anywhere in a car in Denver. Um. Like anywhere in a car in Denver, and we this is the first time we've had a car in Denver since we had the kit. You know, since we have a kid, we have to have a car seat and shit. It didn't make a ton of sense to like do a, bu- a bunch of public transit. We didn't want to take the bus to and from the stadium, so we, we just got a we rent, got a rental car. But yeah, literally twenty five fucking minutes to get anywhere in Denver. It's like a it's like a worse Minneapolis in that respect, but <laughs> the city proper. It's really a fine, fine place. Yeah. All right, MJ, you got anything else to add about? No. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and uh, transition into other United news here. Yep. Nope. There's no, no United news? No, there's no other United news. We haven't made any big moves. One thing, so I, this is going to be... Gam, Tam, anyone? We have uh, well, we have, uh, we have an Open Cup game coming up. We'll talk a little bit about that. But honestly, like, the Open Cup is so, such a goddamn crapshoot in terms of who's actually going to play. I don't think we need to like, do a whole full breakdown. Well, um, do, you, uh, do you want me to... Um, do we consider it other United news to give a rundown of the injuries that are going to be coming up, or do we save that for the game coverage itself? <laughs> you can give the injuries. Okay. We'll call this United news. Yeah, so sure. Here's what I've got for um, for injuries. Uh, now, that Minnesota United issued this, so it's, it's official enough. Um, tomorrow we're going to be playing Sporting Kansas City in the U.S. Open Cup. Out is Iko Parra, Ozzy Alonso, Abu Dunladi, Brent Coleman, and then Bobby Shuttleworth, for good measure, is questionable. So we've got. I mean, think think about those players: Ozzy and Ike both out. Those key signings. Oops. All right. Abu, I'm not crazy about. Uh, you, you don't want anybody to be hurt. You want options, right. but he's not exactly lifted us to new heights. Uh, and Brent Coleman, who has been, if nothing else, a solid, capable defender. Right. So defensively. This could shape up to be a bloodbath. We'll get to that in a second. But like you said, it's 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 a bit of a crapshoot to know stylistically what people are going to do in the U.S. Open Cup and which players are going to play and how, depending on how seriously they're going to take the competition, right? Right. Yeah. 
So I guess one thing. So we talked about this. So we're gonna kind of we're gonna kind of like jazz this podcast up a little freestyle. A little freestyle. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna pop. I'm gonna pop up some uh, some topics and we'll, we'll chat about them. Okay. Um. So the first topic actually I have is the uh, the three year plan. So I don't know if you guys okay. read um, uh, Alex Schiefer-Decker's article in uh, on fifty five one about the last three matches, um, where basically uh, all of them losses. Yeah. So so he, basically he said his his thing was so we we've we were we were sold this bill of goods i'm calling it a bill of goods of a sure. three-year plan three years two and a half years ago right and i think everybody just assumed year one was and this is a, a straight quote from uh schiefer decker's article on 55 one year one find your feet um you know year two contend for the playoffs year three contend for the title i think that's what everybody assumed the three-year plan was uh and i think that's a a reasonable assumption for a three-year plan. Am I, am I correct? Uh, third year for expansion team uh, contending for a title, I don't think is reasonable. Or, 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 but, so but, 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 contend but, for the title, meaning that you are you are easily going to be in the playoffs. You are you are a top four team. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, so his his top four. His sure. uh, his question was was that too optimistic? I mean, obviously yes. we've had we have had. Well, no, no. Let me finish this this, this <laughs> sentence off here. Was that? Yeah, yes. Clearly, it was too optimistic. Um, but what if the three-year plan that Minnesota had internally was, and again, this is from uh, Schieffer Decker's article: Year one, find your feet. Year two, don't improve at all. Year three, play, be a playoff bubble team. Would any of us have been okay? Three-year plan, great. So, like, the question is, 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 is the our perception of a three-year plan, and, and this is because Minnesota has is notoriously bad about explaining anything about what their their right. their team is trying to do. Yeah. What if the three-year plan internally was? basically be a playoff team by the what, third year be the be yeah be a, a playoff bubble, contender be a bubble playoff team by the third year what if that was their plan clearly none of us would have been down with that right i mean y- you wouldn't have right i don't you wouldn't have i don't right? i don't so there's two questions there would i have been down with it no no i think you can shoot higher than that especially when you consider what the other uh, uh new entrants have done um wh- now the other question then is whether we think that could be what they thought and I think it could be, and I think they might not have at least internally thought that uh, was so ridiculous that after three years they want to contend, at least for a playoff spot, because, and they'll tell you this, we can disagree all day about it, but um, they, they think about the money they're spending on the stadium, the, the, the things that are up in the air about that, and they're like, we need to, we need to pinch costs, we're not going to overspend, we're not going to buy our way into being that truly contending for a cup team. That, I think it's very realistic that they never had that expectation and that we were the ones whose expectations were too high. So I guess my other, but so my other thing then would be, um, so I've met Dr. McGuire several times. The guy hates losing. He fucking hates losing. Yeah. So the question is, I mean, I guess the, the other question, probably the more important question that's not addressed in Alex's article is, did Manny and Adrian sell Dr. Bill a bill, a bill of goods saying, here we have a three-year plan. We're going to do it in three years. Yeah. Where ultimately hmm. it, was, it was, you know, find your feet. Don't improve. Become a playoff football team in the third year. I mean, let's let's be fair. Like Chris Wright just gave the the sporting side of the of the uh, front office a passing grade last year. Yeah. So I don't know, MJ. Do you have? I think there's saying that. I I think there's a lot of marketing mumbo jumbo or or how you present the team to your fans or or the world <laughs> and what you talk about internally and the stuff that we can talk that they talk about internally we will never know um mm-hmm. 
it, it's not like someone's going to come out and whistleblowing saying, you know, other than I do give Chris Wright props for saying, yeah, it basically was a soft open. Um, and, and saying even though we, there were members of the front office that said that there weren't. Mm-hmm. And he was the right person to do that because he wasn't there then. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so from a marketing standpoint, it makes sense. He's the new sheriff in town. He's, you know, certain people are out. We won't mention <coughs> those names. You know, Chris Wright was brought in. And uh, he also gave the technical staff a, a passing grade from last year. Well, so. Right. But I, again, that's what I, I said. Mean, like, I give that guy as much credit as, as, he, as he earns. The, the, that's kind of what he's supposed to say. So I think when you when no, you no if you say if you caught a soft open you can say they, it was it wasn't it wasn't good enough you can right. say you can say it wasn't good enough and and yeah. not fire people like but you don't have to say you don't have to give them a passing grade you can say that what happened last year was not good enough sure period sure that's all you have to say you don't have to say anything else but he he said he gave them a passing grade yeah which is yeah. okay anyways continue D, sorry. D plus D minus we don't know what the passing grade is for Chris Wright I mean that that's kind of a very safe thing to say you know. But yeah, it's actually I, I don't, kind of an out there thing to say, considering I, I don't how like, easy he could have put it. Sorry, I'm I don't sorry. like the passing grade thing either. But it's a lot better and supportive than what's come out of Heath's mouth. You know, as far as saying what you're supposed to say. You know, and this is something that other podcasts and other people have talked about. Like, like you can easily like pat your players on the back rather than just being bitter about things you know and so I, I don't like I don't like this three year plan that we're on any more than you do Texas I really don't um, um, for one thing there are offensive and defensive concepts not even re- with regards to set pieces but with the run of play that obviously should have been coached because youth soccer coaches them and I've seen youth players grasp them and these are professionals and at a certain point, I don't put that on the players. I put that on the, on the coaching staff or on the technical staff to get the right people in here. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was, just, it was, a, it was an interesting thought, and I didn't really consider that. I mean, obviously I considered what my three-year plan in my head looked a lot more like the first one, which was like, you know, find your feet, contend for playoffs, contend for a title. And that, just, again, doesn't miss being – Necessarily mean being um, LAFC this year or Atlanta United last year, right. but being being able to be in the mix, like uh, uh, someone who's not who's like not scoffed at as like being mm-hmm. in the mix of things. Um, yeah. And clearly, it's not gone that way. And but again, like having to like think about that for a second, like well, what if their three plan was different and it was totally different? And again, that goes back to them not conveying that to anybody. Sure, I mean other than maybe people internally. Um, but you know, brings me back to the other questions. Like, well, what does I mean? Does does the owner have the same idea of a three-year plan as the front office staff, as the as the ticketing staff, as the technical staff, as the marketing? I mean, I don't knowing this team. I don't. I would wager a lot of money that they probably are not on the same three-year plan. They're on different three-year plans. They're well, all three-year plans, but they're all different. Let me blow your mind here. It's possible that there's no three-year plan at all. That's the that, other thing. That, that, that is just a way really to package a statement to us yeah. about being patient. But internally, they're like, we think we're doing our best. We, you know, we can agree or disagree on whether yeah. that's true. But we think we're doing our best. We're putting the money that we have forward. We know that we're trying to cut costs because we got the stadium going on. And then we had some more expenditures this year as, uh, you know, as stadium 
uh, operations started to wane and then they're like well now we can sign some more players with a little bit more money we don't know what their margins are why they want their margins to be there um, yeah. it's possible they didn't give a shit they were just looking at their bottom line trying to find an equilibrium yeah they just told us that to shut us the hell up for yeah a while. and that, I will say that um, uh, Grant Wall released his uh, MLS ambitious ambition rankings or whatever uh, yesterday I believe um, and Minnesota was up to 10th um, that's mostly because of the uh, of what Allianz Field and opening up Allianz Field and sure. what that could potentially bring to uh, to the team, um, which is obviously what has been hamstringing this team for the longest time is the fact that they're paying for that fucking stadium. Well, and that's just us speculating though, because well, we, no, we also no no no. Doctor McGuire said that many times. That yes, but and, but I, and the my, team my has said that many that times. There, yes, but there's also a consortium of owners, and whether the stadium may be considered to be Bills, but there's no reason why Taylor Communications and all these other folks cannot. MLS uh, salaries are not that high. Yeah, but so, but that's what that but they that's the line they keep trumping. Yes, that's the that line. They of are yes. they are spending all this money on a stadium in this yeah. in this community. They can't do anything else. Yeah, and it's it's they can't it's, do anything else. It's easy to spend other people's money. I don't. I again, I don't think it's a question of whether the money exists. I think it's a question of where their margins are and whether they they might be looking at it and say we can we will tolerate losing this much, not. We literally have the money. Like, like I have the money right now to go out and buy a boat. Right. It would be a bad idea for me to do that from a financial standpoint. And it's all about where my equilibrium is at, how much debt I want to take on, how much I don't want to take on, where my revenue, you know, stuff like that. That might be what they're thinking of, but we don't know where that line is. But again, the ownership is a consortium. It's not. It's a small cons- consortium, but big names in there with big funds too. So. It is possible for them to do better from an MLS salary standpoint than they have. And, and but just, you're right. That's the line. That's the line. Just to, uh, you know, kind of push this towards the, the technical staff a little bit more, I think we were sold a different bill of goods than what we got on the whole scouting. You know, I think I was reading articles about M- Manny and Amos McGee and Manny Lagos having all these connections in Latin America or from playing MLS or playing in – in, on the U.S. men's national team that Manny had these connections, that Amos McGee, who used to work and play with Manny for the Minnesota Thunder, um, worked with Adrian Heath, had a good relationship with Adrian Heath, you know, was coming from an Orlando City situation where he knew the coach, knew what the coach wanted. And I, w- I was sold this goods of, like, we have a great scouting team. We're going to have people that really know, you know, know how to – find some diamonds good, in the good, rough good, yeah. good players right um and then you know that first year yes it's really expensive to rent tcf that was not something they were like very forthwith about that uh, could have helped uh my expectations a lot if they would sure. have been more upfront with how expensive it was to what but, are they gonna do have, like but, they're, they're not gonna but, sell any tickets if they're like guys we're gonna suck for two years right well, well, and that's where the three-year plan comes in, right? It's it's packaging a a patience yeah. sort of like, like they're not going to sell a lot of tickets. Is like, hey, we're going to suck for two years, but please come out and support us. But yeah. I will say this: like, trying to find players that, whether they're veterans who train our younger players or younger players that can develop in a system, in a in a coaching system that can be here long term. It's not like we found that, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like we can say, oh, you know, look at our academy and, and like what Dallas is doing or 
Yeah, Look yeah. at the people that the Portland Timbers are bringing in. And like, we're kind of modeling that. I, I don't know what our plan is. I know we have people that are working very hard on it, but like the lack of communication or transparency with the fans, we don't really know what that is. And, and that was one of Grant Wall's sort of admi- I, I, admonitions in the uh, <clears throat> um, ambition piece is that we still, we are the, what, Austin, D.C. United are the only two teams that have pay-to-play academies. Right. And that needs to change. Oops. Like yesterday, yeah. and I don't think it will. And, and not and not to not to uh, not to say that like running an academy is like super easy and super cheap. It's really expensive. It takes an investment. But you've seen what happens like when you know like FC Dallas right. um, invests in their academy. Sporting Kansas City, Kansas City doesn't make as much money selling players off, but they they bring those kids up and into their system. FC Dallas is like there, there's like two different sort of models for it, right? There's there's the Red Bull. Um, FC Dallas model, which is where you you train these kids, you bring them up, and then you sell them off. And there's a Sporting Kansas City model where you you train these kids, you get them first team minutes for a USL side, and then they're able to step into your your MLS side. And you don't need to worry about selling them. I, I think Minnesota is, you know, just everything everything I've read and heard from people is that they're they're stuck in between the two. And honestly, for Minnesota, you really got to think about it as being a feeder system for your MLS team, not FC Dallas. You don't have the range of FC Dallas. Right. You don't have the, the, the talent pool of FC Dallas um, or New York for that matter. Like train these kids here. Yeah. You may get one or two kids, you know, every three or four years who are, who want to go off to Europe and that's great. You can sell them. Perfect. But you got to focus on bringing these kids up. And I don't know. We've, we hear a little bit about the Academy on occasion, but I don't think enough to, and again, it's also pay to play, so yeah, it yeah. kind of sucks. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. if you're asking parents and kids to pay to be a part of your academy, you're not necessarily going to find the best talent. No, that's when you get kids like mine. <laughs> we can't fucking have that. No, God no. All right, uh, so, so, sorry for that <laughs> diversion, but I thought that was good. We stopped playing jazz a long time ago. We, we, sta- we started playing fucking. Uh, je- uh, we started playing flute marches. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's jump into the Ford Madtown Brodown. So there's been some games since we last podcasted. Brodown. Um, yeah, Madtown Brodown. Mad- Madison lost uh, 3-1 to St. Louis FC in the uh, Open Cup. Uh, that was a w- few weeks ago. Uh, June 1st, they lost to Lansing Ignite, one uh, nothing, uh, at home, unfortunately. And June 7th, they lost to Orlando City B, 2-1. to That was in Orlando, so much better. Up next, they have uh, June 15th against FC Tucson. Um, there are some DCs headed down for the match. So if you are in Madison... Listen to this godforsaken podcast for some reason. Um, there are going to be some dark clouds west uh, of the Blackheart Bar. Um, Bill McGuire, not Dr. Bill, will be down there. Be a, a few dark clouds will be down there. Um, so, yeah, check them out. I'm going to be heading down on the, for the match on the 22nd. I think uh, we're going to stick around for the friendly on the 25th. Oh, nice. Down in Madison. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Who are they yeah, playing it, on the 22nd? Do you know? I have no idea. They're in, but they're in, they're in Madison, so I know that. It, it is not um, – it has not been the season that they wanted no, to, to kick not, it off, yeah. you know, and that's too bad. But um, still a cool club, still a cool culture, so uh, go support them where you can. Absolutely, yep. Cool. All right, um, so we have Tactical Schmacktical. Um We have our Open Cup match coming tomorrow or today. We're probably listening to this You today. pumped? I'm so pumped. I'm so fucking, like, agnostic. <laughs> I mean, I want us to win. So we, we host <laughs> the Open Cup about every three years, right, MJ? Yeah. So uh, I've looked at the last time we hosted, and it's been about every three years. We, we 
don't win the coin toss yeah. every other year. We, we the flip of the coin. The flip of the coin puts us hosting. The last time we hosted was 2016, and the time before that was uh, 2013. So. so it's a three-sided coin, and we're only on one side of it. Is that correct? That very much could you be. Didn't, you didn't fucking hear what I said. Yeah, that's a way. I heard at, what you said. That's a way to look at it. <laughs> uh, so we got we got Kansas City, um, and we have a we have a not particularly great track record with Kansas City in Open Cup games. No, no, we've uh, we've been shell shocked repeatedly, and we play them usually. Yeah, and uh, it has not been good. Um, have we beaten them in Open Cup play? Yes, we beat the Kansas City Wizards way back the wiz- in the day. The so wiz- the wizards. If, that, if that's any indication of how <laughs> yeah, long yeah. ago, the was, Thunder beat the Wizards at some point. The Thunder, Thunder beat the Wizards. Beat the Wizards. Yeah. Years Lord. and years and years ago. That's how bad this has been, and we've played um, a lot of times since then. So I'm gonna I'm gonna. MJ, I'm going to j- jump it over. You you, yeah, drop, yeah. you drop in some some fun Open Cup facts from Minnesota <laughs> soccer history, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the game. Well, it, uh, you, I saw your I saw your I saw your email. Okay, so. yeah, no, I, you so got a gleam in the uh, eye over there. Uh, the the last time we hosted was 2016. The last time a Minnesota pro team beat an MLS side was 2012. Yikes. Um, and, uh, Guys, that was seven years ago. And, and, and that was when, if you don't remember, we beat Rail Des Moines, Moines Des Moines in Des Moines, and then we sold our hosting rights, yep. which to I was RSL, really pissed to about. RSL. To RSL, because I was planning on, it was around my birthday every year, and I was planning on going to the Nessie for my birthday uh, to see nope. us kick RSL, and then they sold, sold the rights. Well, they gave you, they gave you another gift, though. Yeah. Because they went on the road to RSL, beat them three to one. Yes. And RSL's own fans were chanting against them, against their own home team. And the, the post-game interview by Jason uh, Christ that you can still find out on some YouTube whatever is priceless. Um, he kind of throws his team out of the bus. Um, <laughs> they deserve wor- it. They're, worse they're worse than Heath ever has. Yeah. And, 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 it, and it, was, it, was, it was hilarious. So, um, yeah, I remember that 2012 year quite well. All right. So that's uh, some more, more recent. It's clearly you can see – in the Minnesota uh, United phase of that, uh, haven't had a lot of success in the Open Cup. We did, we made, we beat uh, a team last year and then We're lost to Houston in penalties. I was in Iceland when we lost those games, so I, I remember that fondly. Were, were either of you here when we lost to Des Moines at home at the Elizabeth Lyle Robbie yep. Stadium for the that was U of M? The, that was yep. the, fir- the first game I ever sat with the dark clouds. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Probably me too, actually, honestly. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah, it. It, it, it was, it was rainy. cold. Um, rainy. I, I believe Pablo Campos, you know, got into fisticuffs with somebody. Um, but yeah, yeah, we don't do good at the U- U.S. Open Cup as the as the uh, sponsor of this program. Um, let's talk about sporting Kansas City here. Who's good with sporting Kansas City? With the caveat that sometimes they mix up the rosters and stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say Peter Vermees, who has a hard on for beating Minnesota for some reason. Why like the guy you? has a ridiculously well, eventually like, like 180 degree rock hard on for beating minnesota united fc yeah but once you've done it so many times doesn't it just become so old and boring that you just get flaccid eventually you just can't keep up the same enthusiasm well, am no, i right but here's the thing it's it's like it's it's not like, just me it's not like you're fucking the same person over and over again it's like you just, you get this one fuck a year you just get to yeah, fuck them real hard i think real deep and in all the places that you know, you don't normally get to go with your regular squeeze. Yeah. So you just all get all kinds you, of new places. You just get rock hard for like a hundred, yeah, like, yeah. you know, one hundred twenty minutes. A novelty to it, and you yeah. just go to town for one hundred twenty yeah. minutes, consistently. Open cup. and in different places, all the time. Open cup. It means wide open. <laughs> Is that what open cup stands for? 
two two teams, one open cup. Um, I mean, like that dude really fucking hates Minnesota for some reason. I was and really looking really forward likes, to likes Opara to fucking jamming into our fucking assholes. I was really looking forward to Opara playing his old squad, you know, and really sticking it to. Oh them. yeah, that uh, that but injury that, is that injury. Yeah, because who they brought in to replace Icopara as at center back has not done their job. You know, they haven't had a good not year. Icopara. Yeah. And so Sporting, Sporting, like, has had, Sporting's had a tough year uh, this year as well, but um, this is still uh, a squad that has um, Graham Zussi. It's still a squad that has Matt Beasler. It's still a squad that has Roger Espinosa in the midfield. Um, doing work. I'm worried about Espinosa, actually. Honestly, fucking Espino- us. Even though, even though he's like 40 years old, yeah. dude is still absolutely a threat. Yeah, in I'm, MLS. I'm worried about that dude fucking us. Yeah. Yeah. He knows how to use space. He knows how to create space. He's a good dude on the right side. Um, there, but but as, as a whole, their squad has not been uh, up to snuff, and um, the attack has been a big piece of that. They've had trouble solving the attack in meaningful ways for quite a long time. Sounds like another team kind, I know. They, they, they don't have that 10 to 15 goal goal scorer that can do that year over year on a consistent basis. They still don't have it. Yep. So, well, who's bad? Uh, I mean, most of their defense has been pretty other than Beasler, abysmal. Yeah, other than Beasler, what's the name? What's the name of the uh, uh, the their new center back? Uh, the, the kid they brought in to replace Opara. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck if I know. Boo. Yeah, that's how bad he is. We, we don't know his name. Sasinovic, huh? That's bad. Good. Yeah. Bad. I think oh, Sasinovic is being played out of position. What about? What do you think about uh, about Failhaber? <laughs> Where did that motherfucker get traded to before the season started? Was it Colorado? And they got traded back to got, Kansas City. He was in LAFC <laughs> and then he got traded to Colorado. Yeah. Along with Kai Kamara and um, 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 come on, come on, come on, Diego Rubio, uh, who are all oh, SKC yeah. alum. That's right. And yeah. then Fail Harbor gets shipped back to uh, SKC. SKC. So, so, you know, he's an SKC hero. But you know he's he hasn't been on his better legs for four years, I think. So so is is he a threat here? This is a guy who can still see see the right pass, see the right ball. Does he have Does he have the chops for the game though? I think versus whatever squad Minnesota throws up for the Open Cup, one hundred percent. Yeah, I think he's a threat. <laughs> I think we have to take him seriously <laughs> because we're us, basically. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. So I mean the other the other kid I'll point out is uh, Jean-Luc Abusio who's not even 16 years old yet um, we'll probably get some playing time against us because it's the US Open because it's the US Open Cup well, and, the kid, and the kid him up and, down the field. and the kid has gotten uh, a ton of uh, he's actually gotten some uh, Sporting Kansas City minutes this year um, but easier to do when your team doesn't have answers yeah and then, well, places, they, well that's the thing is that yeah Sporting Kansas City is, is almost even more bereft of answers up front than we are which is a Sad, sad state of affairs. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm just assuming that this is going to be the catalyst that they take to like reinvigorate their team, figure out the winning ways. They win 13 in a row, mm-hmm. and then yeah, we finish eighth in the playoff race. <laughs> it's been said Kill before me. that Minnesota United is a streak buster. You know, if you come in on a winning streak and look are looking all that, we play up to you. And if you come in on a losing streak, we play down to you. To you. And you know, th- I there's some truth to that. I yeah. don't know. We. Colorado was on a winning streak, and we shat the bet against them. So. Yeah. yeah, we have our own losing streak to worry about. You know, <laughs> we need to we need to like D- oh, the so ship. different 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 streaks. Yeah. Well, how do how do we approach this game then? We know that we have all these outages. 
Um, we know uh, sporting is uh, not as good as they had been, but still has particular specific threats. So, so how do we? Um, what do we do? How do we hype train them? all the way? No, uh, Just hype it up. That's it. It's the U.S. Open Cup. We haven't hosted one in three years. Um, I'm super excited about it. The U.S. Open Cup is the oldest soccer tournament um, in the U.S. And I feel like this is not tactically helpful. Well, so what do you want me to say? I don't know. Who, I don't know what our roster is going to be, David. Okay. Well, what do you think it should be? What do I think it should be? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I. How I, do you fill those holes? Should, I mean, should, should we? So here's the thing. So. Clearly, Minnesota has not cared about this fucking tournament in the last five years. No, no, we should, have not. But, sh- I mean, should we? Like, here's the reason. So, the reason I asked that question is because I think, because Sporting Kansas City actually cares about this tournament. Right. Um, they've won this tournament multiple times. I feel like this is going to be their time where they're going to be like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, we're not going to probably win the title. Maybe we can sneak into a playoff sp- uh, spot at the end of the year. Let's go win a fucking. Let's go win a fucking trophy because we can win a trophy. That's what I'm worried about with this team, especially doubly considering that Minnesota has given the U.S. Open Cup absolutely zero shrift in, well, their, in their five years of So we have franchise. players gone on international break. We have players that are injured. Good, they can't play. They most of the, you only play certain international players in the Open Cup anyway. So. But, yeah. Well, to me, that's kind of the problem. But because I care about the Open Cup, I would like... I agree with you. I would like our front office, our coach, our team management to care about the Open Cup. Yeah. But I kind of feel like they're like, well, if we host the game, we can sell tickets and get some revenue. But if we get eliminated, then that's one less game. We don't have to worry about our depth issues. And I kind of feel I'm, I might be being cynical, but that's the attitude of a lot of people. I'm, I'm curious as what uh, how many people will actually be there tonight because I'm I'll be there. <clears throat> I bought my ticket for like the ten dollars tomorrow then, night. No, tonight because this is going to be edited. Oh, when oh. they listen to the <clears throat> podcast this yeah. tonight, yeah. <coughs> um, Didn't new, get to the, the memo. new to the biz, huh? Yeah, I'm curious. Didn't get the memo. Yeah, I'm curious as to like what the actual attendance will be because they're selling the ten dollar uh, supporters section tickets, which when you actually add in the fees is like four dollars, like fourteen dollars, but whatever. Just yeah, all the way in. Yep, all the way in. So I'm curious actually how many people will actually be there tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't think there'll be a ton of people, mostly because the team has not shown that they care about the Open Cup. I, so I, I. So here, they suck at the Open Cup, and I think that the players that they play oftentimes reflect that. But I, I also think that we're drawing too fine a line between caring and not caring. Like, it's this black and white thing. In truth, they're going to come out tomorrow, and do you think that because they care or don't care, wherever that is on the spectrum, which, by the way, that's a spectrum. It's not a uh, either-or binary. I think they gave their C-plus effort. You still have to – yeah, but what is that? You, you really think the players are going to go out there and just, like, jog? Do you think they're going to feel no. the three-legged dog? Here's the question. They have people that are out. They need to fill those holes with human souls. Short of filling it with people who are literally not on our team or with fucking, like, uh, diseased, rabid raccoons, who are they going to play? Well, right back, I think they'll probably play Chase Gasper. That's not an indicator of whether they uh, care or don't care. It's what they'll do because he's the person who's there to play that role. I think Asadi Dotson moves into the left-back spot. He had a, a little bit of success there before. I think they're going to want Miguel Ibarra playing in a more advanced role because they need to spark the offense a little bit. And then who plays the other, other center back spot besides Boxall? Uh, I'm trying to run down my uh, – is Wyatt Omsberg? Can we, can we bring him back? Yeah, he's not, he has not cap tied. So. Yeah. So yeah, probably, probably Omsberg. So I mean, we run out of names. 
have to be almost unless you want to unless you want to play the three man back line. I mean, then, that's this is. I mean, and then Schuller on all of them in the in the defense in the midfield. Schuller's uh, out. Schuller's for, out. He's oh out yeah, but it would almost have to be Olam if you think yeah. about who we have available. And yeah. Martin, Jan is out on Olam and Martin. Yeah, I mean here, here. I mean, I guess I think maybe you are miscon like construing my thoughts. Like they don't care about this. They clearly don't care about this because they don't have the depth in their roster to be able. To, I mean, as I agree, that you don't want to throw your entire first team out there for mm -hmm. a match like this, unless you're dead set on winning this fun fucking tournament. And I don't think any MLS team is dead set on winning the fucking tournament. Sure. Right? Maybe once you get to like the semifinals, you're like, okay, this actually we can actually win a trophy. Like, let's fucking go for it. Um, but the fact that we don't have any depth whatsoever, like, are we going to have an 18 on? We've we've fielded on few, tomorrow or today tonight. We, we've put out fewer players before, haven't we? Yeah, um, yeah. I don't, so I don't know if we have, like, with all the people who are out, um, with you know the players who are out because of injury, out because of uh, uh, international duty. Do we even have a fucking 18? I don't think we do. Even if we have Shuttleworth on the bench, I don't think we have a fucking 18. Which I think we have a we 17. May not. <laughs> and so, you know, it's that that's what I mean when I say not caring about this thing, right? It's it's about So you see you see us not bringing depth. in even even people that we could play. You see us not necessarily bringing them in certainly not to start and that's where the We could bring stops. in everybody that we have and we still won't have enough to like again with the people who are out field a fucking 18 that is that is that is to me the definition i'm not caring about this thing and i don't whatever that's i would prefer us uh, this team to care about the open cup because i think that is actually a trophy that we can win way more faster than we can win sporter shield yeah or MLS, MLS cup, cup. Yeah. so this is a, actually a tournament i think we could actually win and that gets you into Concacaf champions league that gets you like other things and i just the fact that we give two shits about this tournament in my estimation, and from everything I've seen from the team, and maybe if the team, if, if I'm wrong, please correct me. Um, they're listening, but there probably are some interns listening to this shit. <laughs> high interns. <laughs> That's why they're interns. Yes, yeah, high interns. Um, but giving two shits about this fucking tournament would, especially if you're gonna be a not great team in the regular season. Listen, like, say we're gonna go for it in the fucking Open Cup, right? We're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna try. And they this team has done nothing to. Engender any of that sort of sympathy for me. So, what's the score? Uh, I don't know. Kansas City three, Minnesota zero. Good God, good gravy. MJ, what's the score of this game? I was gonna say two nothing, Kansas City. I'm gonna say two and a half to nothing <laughs> <laughs> to Kansas City. I don't feel real confident, and and, and a, a lot uh, most of that is because of the outages that we have. I think that's the biggest piece of it. So. We um, we have we've been unable to score with our best players. I mean, I can't imagine like, I mean, maybe Angelo and Darwin start and tear up a, a really young back line of Kansas City. If we've if, done that before, we've we've torn up a, a young Kansas City back line before. I don't think Peter Vermees is going to make the same same mistake again, which is why yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. I would love to see you know whether it's you know backups that we don't see c come into the game a lot, or there are younger players. You know, get some time on the pitch yeah. and just show us a little something show show us some some little tidbits of hope that yeah. like oh Dotson we got Dotson here yeah yeah here you know, my, here's, old, almost, I don't know is Carter Manley healthy yet I don't think so otherwise he'd be someone uh, no no we, we brought him back just to be injured it was it was really weird that we did that but we totally did yeah um so, so I, do you do you want to see Manone or do you want to see St. Clair out there for this game 
I would love to see Sinclair out there yeah. this game. Yeah. What better opportunity? Me too. Yeah. yeah. Might as well. Yeah, have, a, have a rookie dude yelling at unproven guys in front of him to chaos. You know what? If we're going to lose, let's lose 10 to nothing, not 1 to nothing, because uh, we're going to get some guys some experience, and the goal differential doesn't matter when you lose. So fuck yeah, Let's fucking go. Let's do it. Let's move on. What do we got? Right. Picks or it didn't happen, man. No, Liverpool. Liverpool? Champions you want to talk Liverpool? of Europe. Yeah, we didn't get a chance to talk, a chance about, to that. talk yeah, about that. Yeah, so. Sorry, it's old hat MJ, for everybody else. MJ is a relative uh, Everton fan, so you can feel yeah. to chime in whenever I, you want. If you want to, what do you want me to uh, say? Shit on our, our parade or whatever. Congratulations, Liverpool, our champions, my friend. Yeah. Bow, and we bow. kept on fighting to the end. And uh, bow, nah, nah. Liverpool champions. Liverpool when I edit this, I'm just gonna champions. cut the podcast off like a minute ago. No. Time so, did you have anything you wanted to talk about? I'll always drink alone. Always drink alone. Of the Europe. I don't know. Sorry. I don't know. I, I just, I, we didn't get a chance to talk about that. We're both Liverpool I, fans. And it was, it was I, I not put a, this, honestly, MJ, I put this in the uh, in the notes before you decided to come on the podcast. So I don't mean to be a dick. You're, bo- you're both Liverpool fans. Why yeah. wouldn't you talk about this? Yeah. It was not a very good game. No, it was a terrible game. It wasn't game. entertaining. Yeah. I mean, um, it was entertaining. We scored the goals, but. Other than that, it wasn't very entertaining. Yeah. Uh, there's not too, I don't have too much to say. But it happened like seven weeks ago or something. I don't remember. Feels like it, doesn't Feels it? Like I've it, been yeah. watching the Champions League for about a decade, and, that, and this is nothing against – it has to do with, with my bias against Tottenham and, and Liverpool, but it was one of the most boring finals I've seen. Uh, but that said – the semifinals were incredibly entertaining. Both of those were historic. You know, w- yeah. with, with with being lopsided. You know, you know, one direction and then coming yeah. two it's epic crazy. comebacks. Yeah, epic yeah. comebacks. Um, I, I I will say that um, Liverpool deserved some kind of silverware this year. Absolutely, Absolutely fucking deserved yeah. it. And um, I'm glad that they got it because the, you know it felt like they could be an inch away from not having that. And this is this is one of the better teams that um, England has ever put out in history. And for them to, and I don't give a fuck what you think over there, you toffee. I, it, to, it's objectively true. And so for them to have left without winning a damn thing this year would have been a fucking shame. Yep, I agree. MJ, it is, MJ it is one of the better squads the that Liverpool has put out there. Oh, fuck you. Uh, I hear every passive bullshit thing that's going on there. Anyways, moving on. I was trying to give you a nod. Oh uh, no, you weren't. Yes, I, I said was. it was one of the better teams that England has ever put out there. Oh well. And you said, "Oh yeah, it is one of the better teams Liverpool has put out there." Well, fuck you, MJ. What, what do you want me? You want me to say that you're just as good as Man United from this year, or or Chelsea from this other year? Yeah, we want you to suck our dicks, MJ. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but I will say this: like, <laughs> okay. Like Van Dyck and, and and Salah, they're great players. Yeah. I mean, like what? I mean, what? thank you. Thank that's, you. That's no, a, that was it. That was all I wanted. That's all we wanted. All right. <laughs> What's going? On? He literally has walked oh, out of the bar. Yeah, he is now he's now like, crying he's like, on University shit. Avenue. I'm, I'm, off. I'm out. Um, all right. So we didn't really have picks last week because we didn't have a podcast last week. So um, let's run down the scores. Montreal Impact beat the Seattle Sounders two to one. Weird. Uh, NYCFC. Beat the shit out of FC Cincinnati 5-2. Toronto FC sporting Kansas City 2-2 draw. Toronto, uh, I think I had a late uh, penalty to bring that one back to a draw. San Jose FC Dallas also a 2-2 draw. Philadelphia beat the Red Bulls 3-2. And Colorado, of course, beat our beloved Minnesota United 
one to nothing. Of course I did. We got nothing else coming up for it's because MLS break. Um, they they've moved the schedule around this yeah. year to semi honor international breaks. Yeah, the next game perfect, but next MLS games are on June twenty second, and then um, next Minnesota United games on June 29th. So Hot. we're not going to talk about uh, games coming up on June twenty second. Um, let's go to some fucking answers. Yeah. Uh, Bill McGuire, not. Not Dr. Bill, but the other Bill McGuire asked. The lesser Bill. LAFC transferred a DP and opened up a slot. How can MNUFC do this and not hurt anyone's feelings? I, I DP'd this broad slot the other day. I don't know. Um, the uh, I would say, first of all, who gives a shit about anybody's feelings? Exactly. It's a, it's a business. So yeah. how can we do it? We transfer Angelo Rodriguez, whom I've been as patient with as anybody who talks about this game. I don't hate him to death. But I think at this point, there's probably better ways that we can spend monies in slots. And uh, uh, I, I think that could be time. And I wish him well for uh, the rest of his life. And that'd be it. So I, I agree with you. That's, I mean, that's obviously easily. We can just like we can pay down his, his DP money and make him oh, a I didn't say player. I didn't say pay it down. I said transfer him. To? To a willing suitor. Okay. Where is that? Who fucking knows? I don't know. Put him on the trade block. I'm ready to move on from Angelo is what I'm saying. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think Heath is ready to move on from Angelo. What, what, that's not the question. The question isn't how can Heath suck on Angelo's big black dong. The question is how can we transfer him not hurt his feelings? A, I don't care about his feelings. B, how do we transfer him? We just hurt do anyone's feelings. Like you're gonna, so if you do that, Anyone? you're going to hurt Adrian's feelings. How do you not hurt Adrian's feelings? In oh, this situation. Oh, if, 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 first of all, as I've said, I don't care. Second of all, if I have but to, but you have a, to care. If I have to care, you in have this, to care in this fuck Mary kill situation, yeah. then I have to follow the rules. It's impossible because, uh, Heath just loves his, uh, his three DPs. Oh, see. So it's not possible. MJ, unless you, unless you, unless you, unless you, I, 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 you fire Heath first and then you. I have a, yeah, that's why that was you, my solution. You go first, Texas. So my solution I'll see was I, like, you shit can Heath. And then, uh, yeah. then you're then you're good. And then whoever the new coach is, like feelings, talking about feelings. Yeah. I just want a good player. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, we're gonna hire a robot to be our next coach. Yeah, might as well. Yeah. So, MJ, do MJ, you have anything yeah. to add to that? Well, I was just say, you know, I was never a big fan of Angelo. I will say he's grown on me a little bit, and I can't like tell if that's me accepting mediocrity, or if. There's actually some positive attributes that I've come to recognize about his game that I was too harshly judgmental. Nope, um, you accept mediocrity. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry. You no, know, he's 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 really good at hold up and not that much good at anything else. So no, he's he, in hold up. You mean like he's really good at like collecting the ball? Yeah. But they're not doing anything else with like just the right, hold right. up part. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I make sure we're on the same page. Like, like yes, he's like, he's Manone, really good at like collecting a ball. Manone boots it deep. He can hold it up. And then whether he sees Darwin or M Miguel running to some open space or they're not running to that open yeah. space or whatever. He also he gets dispossessed a lot, though. Yeah. I mean, like, his, his good move is boxing a guy out and using his big frame to, like, try to keep possession. But then when you send that second person in there, you know, and to me that's uh, a combination of a lot of things that we've already talked about, you know, Coaching tactics, you know, having people cut to the right spots, supporting your players, and you know, playing people in the right spots or playing people in a position that they can do naturally what they do well and succeed. Yeah. And it doesn't look like this coaching staff knows how to do that. I'm not saying I could do better, but 
that, I mean, you don't have to because you're not paid to. I'm not paid to. They right. are. Um, what if the answer to this question was actually moving Darwin Quintero? Yeah, I, 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 I don't think that's the right move. No, um, I don't agree. He, I don't either. But yeah, he 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 hasn't looked hot lately. But um, I think that the upside I is mean, higher there. If you're clearly him and Adrian Heath are not getting along. I don't think you're going to know what happens Adrian. when you get on Adrian Heath's shit list. Yeah, you're not going to hurt Adrian's feelings by shipping out Darwin Quintero, but I don't think that's the right move, but maybe Adrian Heath got a copy of the footage. <laughs> He's in on it now. God damn it. So it's now it's Brent and Ibarra and uh, Christian and Darwin. That's a that's a that f- that tape's getting around. That's a that's a ramrod of a situation. Ramrod. <laughs> <laughs> Of all the words <laughs> used there. <laughs> all right. Um, Josh Eha asks, uh, how do we replace Angelo and not give a hoot about his feelings? <laughs> not about feelings today, apparently. Let's, what do you guys... Let's get our God, out. guys, I don't know. The way that we can not hurt his feelings is to give him a big stack of cash on the way out yeah. or yeah. transfer him to a team where he can be more successful. It's pretty much... Yeah, it's pretty yeah. pretty simple. I mean, if you... if you if, Like, if we, if we sent him to Madison, he, that probably would hurt his feelings, but... You know, if we if we send him to hell, I don't know uh, Norway. Maybe he'd love it. I don't know. I'm guessing a Colombian would not like it in Norway. Oh, Colombians love Norway. Who doesn't love Norway? Right? Me? Eh? I don't know. Anyways, I think that's about. Do we have more p- questions? No, that's it. Uh, I mean, unless MJ, you have any questions? You yeah. Do you have any us? questions for us? Um, why the hell did you allow some weird Asian guy at Blackheart to just? Uh, Come to the bar and be part of your podcast. You didn't have to say weird Asian. That's kind of redundant. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. No, I don't have I don't have any serious oh, questions. Oh, I don't have any serious man. answers. Yeah, I had a really serious answer for that one. So, okay, that's all right. Did you? Oh, wait. Because you're a friend. Well, hey, MJ. No, and so, MJ, no. why don't you tell us? Why don't you? So, uh, MJ and I have been friends for a, for a long time now. Um, you, tell us about your, your, your competitions that you do and the, how people can get involved. They obviously can't get involved for the Women's World Cup one. We have right. Champions League coming up. Why don't you tell us about these? Just you know, give us the, the quick two-minute version of this. So uh, every uh, fall, I, wanna, I, I run a UEFA Champions League competition. And every summer, I usually pick some summer competition to run. The format's usually the same. Every so often, I, I do a kind of a more bracket, a simplified bracket uh, competition. But usually, it's... I divide the teams um, up into eight tiers. They're sorted by their odds to win the entire tournament. And so the first tier, you have your top three or four teams that are really good. And the last tier, you have the, top, the bottom three or four teams that really are horrible. And you have to pick one, one, of, one of each. And then they score points for, like, wins, draws, or goals. Six points for a win, three points for a draw, one point for every goal. Mm-hmm. And, you just see, and so what I like about the tournament is or the contest, you pay $5, which isn't a lot of money. You pick eight teams, and that's it. You don't have to be, like, fantasy and be picking it's players like updating every, it all the time every week. And it's, it's like a Ron Popeil, you know, you set it and you forget it. Right, right. And, that, and that's it. I like that format because that fits my lifestyle much right. better than traditional fantasy sports. Set do. it and forget it? Yes. Because normally I do that anyway, but it's not supposed to be done that way. I've seen other really great UCL contests, uh, things where it's it's kind of like uh, teams are, are given a monetary value, and then you have like a million dollars to spend, and you can pick, you know, just two teams if to squander your million dollars on, or you could pick, you know, eight eight teams. 
Um, but that's a lot of thinking. You know, if I put all the teams in order for you and you have to pick one, one from each, you know, everyone who's an uh, inexperienced fan or a more experienced fan can have fun with that. Yeah, so. yeah. I'm down it, with that. It's great. Uh, I've been doing your competition, your UFA, UEFA one for four years now, I think. Close to four years. Sure. Three years. I've, I've been running it for about 10 years. And, yeah. and would you not say that, that whether you win or lose it, um, it gives you other rooting interests it does. For, for other UEFA Champions League or other women's World Cup matches that, that makes the tournament more fun. 100%. Absolutely, it there does. Yeah. So so how would, uh, if someone wants to get involved in the next uh, the Champions League one, you can find how, would me, they, how would they get a hold of you? You can find me on Twitter at, at MJMatsui. That's at M-J-M-A-T-T-S-U-I. There you go. At MJMatsui. Thanks or, for the plug. Or, or hit us up at TDIKMN. We'll direct you to, uh, yes. to MJ. Um, you can always find us at davesiknow.com. Uh, emails, questions at thedavesiknow.com. At gmail.com. Again, an, ad- an email address I haven't looked at in probably six months. So yeah. definitely make sure you email us there if you want uh, urgent stuff taken care of. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> you can find me at Texas L. You can find Martin at Offensive Loons. Uh, I think that's it, Martin. Take us home. Find us. We are the Daves You Know. This has been the Daves I Know. Land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We do our thing, son.